5: or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. Coming up on this Monday edition, we will talk about what the hell happened to the Pac-12, all the ins and outs, and why it fell apart and melted down before our very eyes and ears. We're also going to talk about several quarterbacks getting criticism for their performances in training camp and why the hell we even care about it. We're going to have a discussion about one of the great calls in the history of sports, and it wasn't even for the right sport. Plus, we're going to have another edition of. In case you missed it, we've got an FSR IR. And you any of you out? It's all yours. Coming up next here, two pros and a cup of Joe on a Monday, Fox Sports Radio.
2: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
6: Oh yeah, two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports yeah. Radio. No, Lavar Arrington. He gone, just for a week. Listen, he's taking some time. You know, much much earned break for old Stick City. Uh, Labar Arrington is out. It's just Brady Quinn and myself here, Jonas Knox, on Fox Sports Radio. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app, and you can find us on hundreds of affiliates all across the country, wherever you are making us a part of your Monday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We are going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, and we do it all live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there An Unmatched Selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over ten thousand recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So how was it? How was your final weekend without football for months and months and months, Brady Quinn?
7: Uh, it was it was boring, honestly. I, I was I was I think at one point I found professional pillow fighting. I saw that on TV. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's a thing. I, uh I, apparently, I didn't realize that until this past weekend. Um, so so I watched uh, about 10 seconds of that. There was a there was a boxing on, right? There was a boxing match. I was texting with you about that. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was just basically hanging out with the fam. you know, yeah. trying to spend as much time as possible with the fam before uh, yeah, before you start having to travel and, and really just basically be glued down to a couch watching football every Saturday and Sunday.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, listen, uh, if they're not really interested in football or seeing a bunch of sports or anything going on, just, uh, you know, hang out with the Pac-12, you know, that's usually where. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, can we just jump right into this, please? Well, can we pour some out for first? For, yeah, uh, first? that is that is true. Uh, you know, whatever you got, pour it out, a little something for the Pac-12, something. formerly yeah. part of the Power drops. Five, which we're now going to be calling the Power Four. Uh, because the <laughs> that is an absolute disaster. So who's left? It's Washington State. It's Cal, Stanford, and Oregon State. That's what we got. That's, That's what, we're look- what we got. Yeah. That's
7: what we're working with.
6: What the F, man. I, I figured this was going to happen, but I didn't know this was going to happen this quick.
7: Yeah, but, but take into account this. <clears throat> once Colorado moved and, and made that first jump, what then became an issue or what was pressing, it was two things. The TV rights media deal, which we can go in through the economics of it. I, I don't want to get too, um, too specific on the numbers because it, this is only based on a report. But, but I'll do my best to try to paint a picture as to why the Pac-12 schools didn't like what they were offered in the TV rights media deal. Okay, So that's the first thing. Everyone was looking for stability financially. And they found it either in the uh, Big 12 or the Big 10. That's the first thing. The second thing was you do have to take into account recruiting. You just have to. How can you in any sport, forget football, any other other sport, how can you recruit, how can you talk to families, how can you talk to kids when you don't know where they're going to be traveling to, what conference they're going to be playing in, all the things that play a part in all that. And so that, I think, also really sped this thing up where once Colorado moved, it then kind of forced Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, which, which made sense regionally for where Colorado is and probably what the Big 12 footprint was looking for. And if you're looking at the, you know, the size of the schools and what was most attractive to Brett Yormark there, the Big 12 commissioner, he's looking at those four and say these four make sense. And so they, they, they go make an offer. That financially was gave them more stability than the Pac-12 did, and and I think even though the interesting thing that I was just reading about this this morning, a lot of people feel like, well, man, these schools, the travel, oh my gosh, I get, I, I don't know what to do with all the travel. traveling, flying on, all the man. time. These athletes, Arizona, for example, all right, and there's a, there's a few different examples that basically what they were going to play this year, how much they were going to travel this year. They would have had to have driven, okay, nine hundred and fourteen miles on average. That's the Pac twelve, okay, to go to any of their games. Total flying time, I think if I'm looking at if I'm reading this right, somewhere around you know, thirteen hours fifty five minutes. So this is for pac twelve schools that the Pac twelve stayed intact. And their average flight time of air travel is like two hours fifty two minutes, okay? You compare that to the Big 12, all right, it doesn't really change a whole lot. It's, I think the average is 1,100 miles if they're going to drive. And the flights, if you look at the Big 12 now as a whole, so instead of two hours and 52 minutes on average, they go to three hours, 27 minutes. That's it. I mean, you're talking about the difference of 914 miles to 1140 miles in driving. Yeah. And then three hours, you know, basically three and a half hours in flights to almost three hours of flights in the Pac-12 anyway. So there's, there's a bit of a misconception, too, I think, just from a travel perspective, how much more of a burden it will be for those schools that have decided to move from the, from the Pac-12 to the Big 12. Now, for, the, for Oregon and Washington to go in the Big Ten, USC and UCLA, yeah, much more difficult. You know, I, I mean, you're talking about much further travel as compared to what they had in the Pac-12. But for the Big 12, that was also one of the selling points, I think, for Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. It's not as big of a transition for them, at least from a logistics standpoint, outside of, you know, you get some longer trips like Morgantown, places like that, which, again, the conference will be very smart about how they go about handling that.
6: It's just I mean, so what their go to now is what travel. That's the problem. This is why it's unfair, man. There's been opportunity after opportunity for somebody to come up with a better plan in the Pac-12 and they waited around and waited around and kept kicking the can down the road. And these teams had to jump. They looked around. Whatever the streaming deal is, to what, what, what is it, tiered, to where if you hit a certain amount of subscribers, then the, the, you know, how much you get in return continues to go up. Do you were, want to go over it? I mean, listen, you go over it. because Okay. It's,
7: so it, it, it's not that complicated. And, but, and this is actually what like, makes it kind of easy once you kind of break it down. So base payment from Apple – to be their streaming service was $23 million per team. Yeah. That's at least what was reported by uh, Barrett Salee, okay? And then if, if schools got 1.7 million subscribers, and this is how I read the report, okay? So obviously each school is my understanding. They could get up to $31.7 per year, okay? Which would make them competitive with the Big 12. It would make them competitive with... Even the Pac-12 teams that left to go to the Big Ten and took a prorated amount because they, they weren't getting as much. They will in the future, but not initially. So that, in that world, they would be competitive. And I think at, at one point I said, oh, they can make up the 50 million if they got 5 million subscribers. And I believe that's what the report said. So th- so, so th- take into account this. The MLS, which, by the way, did you see Messi last night?
6: I listen. I'm just not impressed. I'm just, I refuse yeah. to be impressed by the
8: Messi. Right.
6: I mean, that's. Right. I mean, look. I, I mean, he lost it over under. He, he probably uh, he probably cheated, and I'll find some way in, in which he cheated, and uh, yeah. I'll I'll get to the bottom of that. I've got some people looking into that for me. You know, yeah. I got I got pull.
7: Well, we're actually gonna, we'll have some soccer talk today. But okay. the reason why we're bringing it up now is Apple has the you know the the season pass, the exclusive rights with with the MLS, and they just now got over a million subscribers as of late in July. And a lot of that had to do with Messi coming, right? Fans are excited. They sign up. But the league, okay, the league, which is 29 teams, just got, I think they played, what, 34 games, something like that? They just got over a million subscribers. And 300,000 of those subscribers actually come from season ticket holders that got that subscription with their season tickets. So, you're talking about an entire league of, what, 29 teams, I think, Lee, that, that are in the MLS, just now got over 1 million. And you're tasking schools in the Pac-12 of trying to each get over a million, at least that's how I read it, or 1.7, so even closer, closer to 2. I think they looked at the model, and there's two things they looked at and said, well, for starters, no chance. Like, we can't, we can't reach these numbers to be competitive. And the other thing is, if you look at the difference between linear TV, which, let's be real, it offers you still the national
6: platform. Yeah.
7: Okay. If you're not, I mean, look. As even though things are moving towards streaming, they're not there yet. Okay. Like the NFL Network had twenty, or excuse me, seventy-five million subscribers back in twenty thirteen. they now had a report they have 50, 55, something like that now.
6: Yeah, I think so it 51-1 or something like
7: that. It's moving in that direction, Yeah, but we're not there yet. And so what, what you can't get with streaming is you don't get the national platform. You're not going to be a part of the, the college football playoff, that sort of conversation, because you no know one's be able to see your teams. And, and, and your Heisman Trophy, which always is, is a battle for West Coast teams, that's out there too. So you, you've got this, this – um, this offer from Apple that's basically saying to the schools, we're going to pay you, but if you want to get paid more, you have to go out and earn it. You have to get the subscribers for us. That's not how it works on Linear TV. Linear TV says, we are going to pay you for your rights. And then we're going to go out and we're going to be the ones that find a way of recouping and making money off that by by finding advertisers, right? We're going to pump up whatever our ratings are as best as we can to sell to advertisers for commercials or, or however else else in game we, we produce this and we create ways of making money. So it's the exact opposite. They're like saying to the schools, hey, we're, we're just going to pay you up front. And so you get this, you don't have to worry about trying to go out and, and, and get more subscribers or uh, you know stressing about how much you'll exactly make. And that's what the Big 12, that's what the Big 10 provides. Not only stability financially, but guaranteeing them X amount for the foreseeable future, whereas Apple, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, if you guys want to work hard and get 1.7 million subscribers, this is what you can make. And I don't think any school wants to sign up for that, and I don't think any school wants to do that and feel like they're going to be a part of the national conversation because they're not.
6: It's almost like these schools... It's like walking into a car dealership, and you tell the guy, "All right, listen, this is what I'm looking for. This is the rate. This is the price. This is what I'm willing to put down." And he says, "Okay, let me go talk with my manager and see what I can do." And he comes back, and it's like, "Ah, that's not quite there. What about this? All right, well, let me go talk to him again." And then he went and talked to the manager, and came out and brought something that just had had was nowhere close to what you were looking for. And all these teams just said, "Yeah, we're good. We're going to go across the street. Thank you, though." And just left because they don't like, they're, they're waiting uh, around, and, and all the Pac 12 rolled out was a bag of crap.
7: Well, it's, I, I don't know if it's a fair comparison. I think to make it a little more fair to what, what's it happened, is, is it, it, it would be like bringing in like a flying car where we're not there yet. Maybe one day we will be, but you're like, hold on. <laughs> well, I, I don't want this. What does this do? How does this, how do you fill this <laughs> right. up? How does it work? It, it, it's kind of more like that. Because again, it's not that streaming can't be effective, it can be. I mean, just again, look at the growth in numbers since the you know Inter Miami's got Lionel Messi, but they're not there yet as as a whole. And the interesting thing about it too is, if you look at Apple and what they've done, baseline offered any sports leagues, whether it's the MLS, which they're paying 2.5 billion over a 10-year deal, so 250 million per year, or even what they had for the Pac-12 for 10 teams. $23 $23 million per team per year, 230000000 million. They're all in kind of the ballpark. Like, Apple's basically saying in the streaming market, like, hey, this is what you're worth. Like, this is your value. Whether it's from gambling, from advertising, or however, you know, we can go about making money, this is what we believe the value of, of this sport is worth. Roughly about a quarter of a billion dollars a year. That's what Apple is trying to basically set or say, say was you know, setting the market. Kind uh-huh. of interesting, but we're, we're, we're just not there yet. Patchwell School saw it, and unfortunately, because of the lack of leadership from Larry Scott to the university presence, now to George you know they, just, they had never really figured out a way of going to linear TV and beating out Brett Yoramark, who got his deal done before then, and then finding a competitive offer.
6: Limousine Larry. He did it. Limousine Larry did it again. And uh, and the Pac-12 is forever changed. It is two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you. We are going to take you again all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific. And during that time, we're going to have the usuals. We've got another edition of In Case You Missed It. We've got an FSRIR. We've got you in you out. It's all yours here on this three-hour extravaganza. But apparently... Somebody in the NFL is being judged, and they're not being judged fairly. And it's a starting quarterback in the NFL. We'll tell you who that is next.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio
1: app.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: everybody including
1: sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're gonna do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast
6: yeah go brady uh-huh oh yeah yeah uh-huh. okay swivel swivel two pros and a cup of joe fox sports radio brady quinn jonas stocks with you here coming up in a little over 20 minutes from now we are going to talk about one quarterback in the nfl representing three different teams a lot going on there a lot of multitasking and again we'll get into that for you here in a little over 20 minutes from now so Jordan Love has started one game in his NFL career. One game. That one game was during the COVID season against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, which... From my understanding, that was also a team that went on to go to a Super Bowl that year. And Arrowhead Stadium is, from my understanding, a very difficult place to play. But that's the one start he's had in his NFL career. And he's played. He's had spot duty and other portions of his career. But apparently now uh, we're going to go ahead and start judging Jordan Love as if he's got a wealth of experience in the NFL. There's reports out talking about his performance at Family Night for the Green Bay Packers, that there was a quote unquote mixed bag. Some other people have been Critical, saying it's not going to work out for him, can the guy get a little bit of a grace period? Is that not allowed? Is Jordan Love not allowed to have a little bit of uh, some leeway here? Understanding he's taken over a team that wasn't even a playoff team from a year ago, he's taken over Whoa. for a living Shots legend. Fired, huh? I just th- this idea that oh, people ex- people expect he's just going to walk right in, and the Packers knew what they were doing, and they know he's going to have success right from the jump like let, let's just go ahead and slow down a little bit here and are they're you gonna, gloating right now well they're just they're going to open up the season against the bears as
7: a bears fan are you gloating right now who you
6: talking i'm a bears fan i'm talking fan? to you yeah man, listen i don't I don't, yeah, I don't know what you're referring to about this yeah i don't know what you're referring to it feels like you're really you nah, know i'm just saying it man. it bothers me that he, the expectation is if you're drafted, you must perform right away as soon as you get your opportunity. There's a lot going on there. Like he there took is. over for a legend. There
7: is. And, and and I think, look, a lot of people probably said that about Aaron Rodgers. You know, hey, a lot going on there. He took over for a legend. And their first season didn't go well, right? They're a 6-10 football team. You know, he threw, I think, I don't know, 13 interceptions, something like that, which now when you look back at it, I think the only other time over is like, what, 14 years? Uh, during that span, he threw double-digit interceptions. Was last season, yeah, and then I think 2010. Uh, but even then, like uh, the numbers were were pretty good, but they weren't quite as good as what he'd consistently been. So uh, it, it's going to take some time. And, and I think here's the hard part for a lot of people that you know haven't been through this because I, I remember talking to Mike, Mike Holmgren about this during my third year in Cleveland. I had 12 starts. In three years. And there was some good. There was probably more bad. But there was enough where, like, it was something for him to contemplate. And, it, and his difficulty with the evaluation was twofold. It was the coach that was there that he was going to keep didn't like me. And so that was the first thing against me. And the second thing was is, you know, I, I could play into my fourth year. We could see where things went. Um, but maybe it was just better to have a clean slate for all parties involved. And so they they traded me away. And, you know, it was tough to deal with only because at that point I was like, man, I'm just waiting for more of a shot and more of an opportunity. And in the case of Jordan Love, he's obviously, when he got drafted, he had the expectation of playing. But he's playing behind a Hall of Famer, a guy who won back-to-back MVP. So I think he had a pretty good understanding that he'd get his shot. It just was a matter of time, and it wasn't going to be anytime soon. But the expectation on the outside is, well, he's been there. He, he's been he's been taking reps. He's been practicing. He's ready to go. He he's got to go in and just got to show out right away. No, it's not. That's not really how it works. Like quarterback play is a developmental sport, and you got to play and take those real reps in order to get it. And it's probably next to offensive lineman the way um, you know things have have changed over the course of the off season where there's not as many padded practices. So those guys aren't out there really doing the things they're going to be doing when it comes to game day, especially when they're not padded up full pads as much. For quarterbacks, you don't get hit. You really don't have a realistic expectation of, you know, the moves you would have to make within the pocket, the things you'd have to do sometimes outside the pocket, and the type of throw that you'd be able to make or not make when you're in practice. Because you got a red jersey on, or you have a you know whatever color jersey on where no one's supposed to touch you. So as as much as all those things play a factor, they they're they're not the real development. They're not the real reps and experience I'm talking about. And and I think most quarterbacks would agree. I mean, you, again, you can have a good feel for the offense, everything what you want to do pre snap, but once that ball snap, man, it's a whole different animal when you're playing a real live game. And that's unfortunately what he doesn't have a ton of experience of right now so I, I feel for them um obviously green bay packers fans have extremely high expectations uh bears fans think they basically won the division at this point right is uh, that what you guys I,
6: think I, 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 I don't know who you guys are i don't know what you're referring to i feel like the detroit lions are getting all the love in that division and then you got minnesota who's just kind of won lurking. 13
7: games last year yeah, but, but no one seems to respect for summer I, I, I don't really get that either right like if you look how bad they were Last year, defensively against the against the pass, which more teams do, you know, more than more often than not. If they improve a little bit, if like if they just get to be like the sixteenth, seventeenth best pass defense, they're probably still they're probably in a really good football team. They signed back Daniel Hunter. You know, they've got him made, made him happy for another year. He's going to be rushing off the edge? I mean, I, I know we, we're watching Dalvin Cook move on, but I just I look at that group and I'm I'm like they could potentially win. 10, 11, 12 games again. It's, it's not that hard to think. Like, maybe that's a much better football team than we're giving them credit.
6: I'm just surprised they didn't roll with Dalvin Cook. Just look at it and go, hey, I, ideally, Let's yes. Let's get to this year. Yeah, like, why not? Like, give it one more run. It feels like they're on the verge of moving on from Kirk Cousins. Like, why not? Rodgers just left the division, and you already won it last year. To your point, how many other teams outside of maybe Philly – and Dallas and and the Niners, would you look at and say, okay, well, those are definitively better teams than the Minnesota Vikings. I, I just, it, it felt like there was an opportunity there to make a run, and if there's an injury or one of those teams slips up. Then all of a sudden you got Kirk Cousins, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC, and Minnesota's got an opportunity. That was just surprising to me. I I thought I thought they would look at this year and say, "All right, let's let's give it one final run, and then if if it doesn't work out, we everybody moves on." But I mean, maybe they're working on a deal with Justin Jefferson. That was part of the motivation for wanting to move on from Dalvin Cook. But yeah, I don't know. To to your Jordan Love point, were you a good when you passed your driver's test? Were you a good driver when you got your license? Because I was awful.
7: No, I was. I, was, I mean, I, I did have an accident, like, early on driving, and it was one of the few I'd have basically ever. Right. Which, <laughs> Chopper wasn't too happy about that.
6: Yeah, what happened? Yeah.
7: Um, well, so so it's it, this is actually kind of neat. It's one of the coolest things about my hometown in Dublin, Ohio. So if you go over to Dublin, Ireland, like if you ever get a chance to go over there, one of the things that you see um, dividing up the property lines are these like little—they're probably about I don't know, three, about three, maybe four feet high. These kind of stone wall borders, and they they divide up the property line. So it's not like you know your you're, you know picket fences or you know bar you know wired fencing or anything like that. It's these pretty stone walls that kind of divide up the property. and, and obviously in, in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, kind of paying homage to it, but you have a, a fair amount of, of Irish settlers. They they did something very similar in our hometown. So all throughout, like the older portion, the historic portion of our town, you get you know these stone walls. And so I, it was. Uh, we were coming back from a friend's house, me and a buddy, and I was at a stop sign, and I looked left kind of quick, and there was the stone wall, and there was kind of some cars parked like in the, on on the street. And so I kind of glanced, you know, quick left, looked back right, was okay there, started to turn, stopped, saw a car coming. That car never adjusted its path. I didn't have time to throw in reverse and get out of the way. So actually that car hit me. But anyway, that was one of the first times, um, you know, getting in an accident. My dad came over, was extremely pissed. My buddy basically threw me under the bus to the, uh, the, when we, you know, called uh, for the police Uh. report and all that, which he was like. I was listening to him, by the way, give the uh, description. You know, and when you're 16 and um, yes, the, uh, the passenger, the, the other vehicle was driving uh, northbound on. And he was like, you know, the way he was describing it, I'm <laughs> like, God, dude, they're not going to arrest you. Um, but the, my whole point is I, I was pretty good because my dad probably had me start practicing driving when I was like 14. I mean, literally, he would when I was 14, when we'd be like these open spaces, he would let me go practice driving his truck. And and I that I was it always helped me be so much more prepared for the actual time when I had to do it because I was taking a live rep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah before I was really ready, I was taking that live rep. And that's honestly, I mean, not to get off on a tangent and go back to NFL Europe. That's that's what I miss about NFL Europe. If the if the NFL Europe existed during the time of Jordan Love, he would have been over there playing games. They would have sent him. And while Rogers was there they would have sent him over to Europe. He could have played for Birmingham or whoever else you know, they had a team for. And he would have gotten some of those live reps. When he, when he, when he came back, they would have a much better idea of what he was – but he'll be much further along too as a quarterback, taking those live reps overseas like that.
6: Yeah, I, I just that's why I look at this and I go, "Come on, man, let, let the guy go through some some of this stuff, the growing pains, all that." And if they have a bad season, and you mentioned it earlier, wow. Rogers took over; they were six and ten. It's like, come, you know, th- this stuff's gonna happen. It does. It's not an indictment on him or what his future's gonna be. Just get get. It's growing pains, man. I got in and, an accident too, pretty early on after I got my license. Did also, you? So, yeah, t-boned at an intersection after our first. Yeah. And uh, listen, I could have sworn that light was green upon further review. Might have run a red. You know, I I, just now now that I think about it and just sort of how everything broke down, I might have might have run a red there.
7: There should have been a song about it. It could have been like one of your your hit songs.
6: Yeah. Well, you need uh, one hit song to have multiple to be able to use that. That's a good point. uh, So that could
7: have been your hit
6: song. Yeah, it could have been it, you know,
7: and that's could, it could have been red, you know, whatever you want to call it.
6: Could have, could have been red, seeing could red. Been red. Yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of going on there. Now it's a funny, lot of plays. When t
7: you, t-bone.
6: When you mentioned, when you by the way, t-bone steak, not a fan. I don't know why. Huh. Something about it. Just not that's a. Not uh, yeah, just not, not a fan at all. You know, i you know,
7: bad man. likes a good t-bone is Lee. Does
6: he? I don't know. I, just, I, I,
7: I would assume Lee likes a good T-bone steak.
6: Oh, because Todd and T—I see what you yeah. mean. I love a T-bone yeah. steak.
7: Yeah. yeah, there you go.
6: That makes sense. I've
7: got a good feel for Lee. I, I feel like I've got a good feel for what him—you know—what he likes, what Todd maybe likes too.
6: Yeah. But you, it's funny you were mentioning just sort of the partitions, the the beautiful stonework there that pays homage oh, to Dublin, Ireland.
7: Really Irish, though. Yeah. Really the Irish people, and it's almost like a a spring of just. Irish folks had popped up there in Dublin, Ohio. What a,
6: what a great point that was. Oh, my God. And speaking of which, the fresh scent of Irish Spring and those sensational Irish Spring suds are just the reset you need to own the day. Irish Spring, when the spring hits you, you're ready. Pick up Irish Spring at your local retailer today. It is Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. We've got another edition of In Case You Missed It coming up here shortly for all the latest so from around the world of sports. Edmund Garcia. Alright, thanks Jonas. We'll get you updated
9: on uh, some action from Major League Baseball. On Sunday we had the Brewers losing to the Pirates 4-1. to The Cubs continue to play well, beating the Braves 6-4. to And the Reds lost their sixth in a row falling to the Nationals 6-3. to So Chicago has caught Cincinnati for second place in the NL Central. They're both a game and a half back in Milwaukee and the Reds and Cubs are tied for the final card spot in the National League. Rangers shut out the Marlins 6 nothing for a three-game sweep. Miami's a half game out of that last card spot in the NL. Texas still has a two-and-a-half game lead on Houston in the AL West. The Astros did keep pace with a 9-7 win over the Yankees. Blue Jays beat up on the Red Sox 13-1. Toronto with a three-game sweep. Mariners get a four-game series sweep of the Angels with a 3-2 win in 10 innings. Seattle's 2.5 back of Toronto for the last wild-card spot in the America League. The Angels, meanwhile, they're winless since the trade deadline, 0-6. Orioles shut off the Mets 2-0. Baltimore with a three-game sweep. Rays beat the Tigers 10-6. So, Baltimore still three up on Texas for the top spot in the AL East. Or, I should say, three up on Tampa Bay. Uh, the Dodgers beat the Padres 8-2. It was the Giants losing to the A's 8-6. to So, L.A. now with a four-game lead on San Francisco in the NL West. And the Twins beat the Diamondbacks 5-3. That's six losses in a row for Arizona. Walk-off win for Minnesota. Guardians lose to the White Sox 5-3. So, Minnesota now with a four-and-a-half-game lead on Cleveland in the AL Central. And unlike most of the other teams in baseball, if you finish second place in the AL Central, you're not going to get in the playoffs because that division is so bad. So, looks like Minnesota's <laughs> moving into a pretty good spot right now. Women's World Cup. U.S. is out very early on Sunday. They lost 5-4 on penalty kicks to Sweden after a scoreless 120 minutes. Worst showing for the U.S. in a major competition, they were the two-time defending World Cup champs. NFL Carolina Panthers signed former Pro Bowl linebacker Justin Houston to a one-year deal worth up to $7 million, $6 million reportedly guaranteed. Now back to Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox. the IRAC.com, Fox Sports Radio
6: Studios. Thanks, Eddie. Two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. So, Eddie mentioned the, uh, the U.S. women's national team. And, yeah. Uh,
7: did you watch? Uh
6: yeah, I saw some of it. Oh, did you? Are it's you a, sure about that? Yeah, it's interesting because Carly Lloyd made some, you know, some comments about their behavior following their previous game. And oh, got, the draw versus Portugal? Yeah, and she got buried for it. I mean, people went after By who? Her. well, just you know, people on the uh the US women's national team, people in the media. You're talking about former teammates. Yeah, well t- people uh that just were not happy about what she had to say and just felt like, uh, she was going a little bit too hard in the paint. And then, um, but it's okay. Everything was fine because, uh, Megan Rapinoe uh, must've been aiming at somebody else's net. Maybe somebody was holding up a, a net in the, in the crowd. And that's what she was.
7: Well, I, I mean, it, you wouldn't be surprised too, if uh, she was expecting someone to move the net for her yeah, to be able to I, make that goal.
6: It's, uh, it's yeah. just, you know, it is, it is funny how here we are. And the, the, the vibe from this team just felt different from other teams in the past.
7: Well, let me let me just say this: they weren't a team, and, and this isn't like me trying to be critical. Like I've, I've watched a ton of their games, watched a ton of them play, and, and the stats would back that up. You know that they they didn't pass as often to one another. That was one of the stats that kind of came out from the group play. I, I did think this this most recent you know match was the best they'd played the entire uh, tournament, if you will. They just couldn't finish. They had no attack, and obviously Megan Rapinoe was a part of that. The PK situation was, I I, I don't know. I mean, again, I've never played soccer at that high of a level. I would think common sense would tell you, and clearly the goal or objective isn't to blow it past the goal, right? It's not to miss. I understand that. But you also have to at least put it on net, right? Like, if you're going to take an opportunity or a shot, like, at least give it a chance. I mean, hers didn't even have a shot or a chance, and I felt like O'Hara was in a tough spot because she got subbed in late and was obviously part of it. But I'll tell you what, their, their goalie, it. Is is she's amazing. Not only does she have an amazing game, but to go into and hit a PK herself and just add to it. I mean, she gave them every opportunity to be able to win that game.
6: By the way, penalty kicks are just such a pain in the ass. What a brutal way to lose. You, you run around for hours, and then it just turns into, all right, who can score and, and which goalie can guess right.
7: I, I kind of like it though. Like it, it adds to a lot of suspense. I, so I had all three of my girls up early watching it, and, and and reason being was this: my my oldest daughter had literally played soccer the day prior, and they were doing a drill. She you know was you know taking shots on the goal, wasn't making it. Right? She just turned seven this past weekend, and she started crying. She got upset. And so I started talking. I'm like, why are you getting upset? And she's the type that she tries to be a perfectionist. She wants to always, you know, she felt embarrassed. She wants to always do everything right. And she asked me after Megan Rapinoe missed her shot, why is she smiling? <laughs> that's what she said to oh, me. Oh, good for her. And I, and I go, Sloan, I was like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good point and it's a good question. I said, now the first thing I'll say to you is she's not crying just because she missed the shot. But I I go, I have no idea why she's smiling (laughs) right now. I go, daddy can't tell you. Because if it was me, I would be so mad at myself, I would have a hard time keeping my composure. And, and, you know, so we talked a while and had one of those moments. But, you know, besides the fact that they thought the Sweden jerseys, they were more attracted to the yellow colors. So at times my, my three-year-old was rooting for Sweden. And we're like, no, 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 wrong team, wrong team. We're rooting, we're rooting for the U.S. Um, it, it was just explaining to them because they're like, you know, why, why are they crying? Why, why are they so upset? And I was trying to explain the situation to them. Well, but, it, but it got me to the point of it felt like this team – which had you know time and time again so much success, got maybe to the point where some of the, some of the the players weren't as focused on continually staying on top, like other things became more of the priority, and ultimately that led to their worst performance in U.S. Women's National Team history, and really you know to what scoreless games over the past two, which is been as bad as it was the limited amount of goals they've scored in general i mean if you watch the first game versus vietnam and i don't care if you're like well vietnam wasn't much of anything and they had players out it doesn't matter they didn't even come close to dominating that game as they should have yeah
6: and like the penalty kick miss so roberto baggio is one of the all-time great italian soccer players i mean like top top of the list like one of the all-time greats if you just google search roberto baggio one of the first things that pops up if not the first is miss penalty kick in the world cup it changes the way that, that guy's entire career like he's right. viewed differently because of that one miss in a penalty kick in the world cup in 94 against brazil never looked at the same and megan Rapino's just kind of smiling yeah whatever We'll get a miss, and time. And, 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 that's really. unf-
7: and by the way, it wasn't like that one kick was what you know ultimately led to it. No there's more miss, right? There's more misses that that hurt us, whether it's Smith and O'Hara. But my my whole point is, to, or to your point, that is how she will be remembered.
6: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like, well, I I think there's also a lot of people that just don't like some of the other stuff going on with them. You know, just no, sort and, of the, and, the political and, well, and even an answer she it.
7: gave to like what her favorite memory was you know from her time playing she retired and she's obviously had an incredible career and i think her response was equal pay that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way and as a competitor you know you're thinking about wait there wasn't a time with your teammates you're not you can't remember like a a, you know winning the world cup and having this sort of success and
8: instead it's equal
7: pay yeah
8: priorities
6: you know well
7: maybe maybe that speaks to you know maybe that's speaks to why they they didn't have as much success this year.
6: It's two pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports Radio. Lavar or not Lavar Arrington? Sorry, that's a habit. Just habit there. I want to apologize we well, gonna script that. Yeah. You're just just the script, listen, yeah. teleprompter broke. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. It just froze. Uh it is Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox with you here though. But coming up next, we are going to talk about one quarterback who's doing the impossible, representing three teams at the same time. And it's yours here on FSR.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
8: Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer, uh, and you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories catch us every week on comeback stories on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
0: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
6: Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, we are going to talk about what you can expect from two quarterbacks in the NFL this preseason. That'll be yours again, 10 minutes from now here on FSR. Before we get to another edition of In Case You Missed It, though, want to let you know we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save it. Progressive.com.
2: Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you
6: in case you missed it. And for that, we turn it over to our executive producer, Lee. D-D-D-D-D-D-D-Lap. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jonas. Good morning, Brady. Guys, in case you missed it from over the weekend, uh, a photo has gone viral on Instagram. That being Carson Wentz working hey, Lee. out. Hey, Brady. Hey, Brady that photo being of Carson Wentz working out and nothing quite newsworthy with that but what is noteworthy about this photo is that Carson Wentz is working out with an Eagles helmet, a Commanders practice jersey and Colts shorts. Huh, a little interesting I mean, uh, photo there. Doing the impossible, you know, he's representing three teams at the same time. Did you ha- how much of your uh, practice gear do you still have of various teams from your
7: Oh, uh, it's a good question. I have some. I don't have, you know, all of it in part because um, I mean, we originally began my career in the NFL with Reebok. So, you know, some of that stuff was good, some of it was trash. (laughs) Once we went to Nike, uh, it was a little better, but like the the good stuff from Reebok was always, I thought, better quality than the, the, you know, some of the stuff from Nike. Like the quality of it just fell apart. It wasn't as good. So I I would say um, I'd say I got a fair amount.
6: Yeah. Which were you uh, a fan uh, when you played in Seattle? Were you a fan of those Seahawks, like their unis and their gear and all that stuff? It feels like there's way too much going on with them. That's why I like these throwbacks, bringing back the throwbacks, less of the highlighter crap.
7: The throwbacks are my preferred, but I still thought their uniforms were pretty dope. I've, I've got no complaints about Seattle, like everything about. That place was awesome. Like, literally. That, that, I think, to me, was the best organization that I was a part of during my time going to different teams in the NFL. Granted, it took me seven years to be able to get there. And, you know, they, <laughs> I obviously wasn't even with them for that season, just the off season. But that, that five months there in the offseason with them, that was one of the more enjoyable experiences. Their uniforms was, was part of that, yeah.
6: It's kind of wild that this is where we're at with Carson Wentz. He was the second coming.
7: It's it's more surprising that there's not a team with... And I think if you look at some of the teams who might need a backup or want to have a veteran guy in there, well, Washington would be one, but eh, you can't have Washington, right? He was just there. Yeah. Uh, They moved on. That that didn't work out too well. You know, Atlanta would be another one that maybe would make some sense. But, you know, I, I don't know how much of it is on him either. Maybe he doesn't want to take a lesser contract just to be a backup. Maybe he wants to wait for a potential injury to happen where a starter goes down and they need a guy with experience. And so the, the, he's got leverage at that point. Th- there's all sorts of different scenarios. But I, I would have thought that he would have maybe said, let's just go ahead and find a, a safe spot to be.
6: Yeah, it's a little uh, a little wild to see what's happened with Carson Wentz. But it, we're going to get a little wild now or two, and it's yours next here on FSR. even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW. Root. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
5: One of the best shows of the year according to Apple, Amazon, and Time is back for another round.
3: We had a big bear of a man. who was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, mm-hmm. I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I'm misheard
5: him. (laughs) I said, what? Sergeant Bevan?" Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.